0: Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics.
1: Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. We're heard in over 60 countries around the world. And we're proud to be the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. And today we're broadcasting from magnificent Big Bear Lake, which is about 100 miles out of LA, a paradise for skiing in the winter and for hiking and lots of water sports in the summer. We got a great introduction to Big Bear, actually. We came in last night and uh, I had to give a presentation this morning bright and early at 9am so it came in last night and we um went to about 10 restaurants before we decided on one we liked and so uh, we ate at a restaurant called the peppercorn which is owned by a lady named julie hastings it is fantastic um couldn't believe it monday night freezing cold pouring rain Every seat in the restaurant was full, and some of the tables were turned over three and four times. We got a great waiter, a guy named Bobby, and I just I hope you're listening, Bobby, because you were fantastic last night. The food was brilliant. The service was tremendous, and after, after we ate and drove around town looking at all the other restaurants, they are all empty. And peppercorn was full, and it was because the customer service, their attention to detail, is as good as any I've ever experienced anywhere in the world. So when you come up to Big Bear Lake, make sure you go to peppercorn. It is fantastic. So the second way we lucked out was it was the first snow of the season. So just after we got here, it started to snow, and it's beautiful i mean it's really beautiful The like seven and a half miles around so if you want to go skiing um and you want a really great place to come this is really magnificently beautiful staying at the um, i'm actually broadcasting from the big bear frontier cabins and hotel and ryan vasquez who's the owner of the place has really looked after us so My thanks to them, and of course, our hosts up here, the Big Bear Chamber of Commerce, Pam Scannell and the team, have been remarkable. I mean, everything. this has just been an absolute dream trip, so to everybody involved that's made our stays just so memorable, I say thank you. Uh, There's 1,400 very diverse businesses up here, and uh, today I had the privilege of speaking to an absolutely full house of business people at the Big Bear Lake Elks Lodge. It was great. The um, We had uh, breakfast served there and uh, it, was, it was really a, a joy to speak to them and a, a pleasure to meet so many of the business people. Now, this show is primarily about entrepreneurs and we try to provide you with as much information as that can assist you to become more successful as possible, and then hopefully help you from um, making the mistakes that others may have made before you. And as many listeners know, and people that have, we talked about this with a couple of um, local businesses today, trying to create a name for a startup or a name to bring an established company more up to date is extremely difficult. It's a pain in the ass because most names, even made up names, seem to be taken. So many people stop trying to create a new name and end up saying, Well, what's in a name? Our product's great, so our success our startup will be just as successful with a great name as any other as any other name. Well the answer is possibly, but possibly not. And so if possibly not, Why risk it? You know, I know you get sick of the countless hours you've spent on trying to decide on a bloody name. (laughs) I get it. You're an entrepreneur. You're intrinsically impatient. Besides, you've got future customers to talk to, product to build, a thousand other things on your plate. Who has time to spend trying to come up with a good name? Do company names really matter? Like Google where that come from? But of course, these companies have got untold amounts of money that they can use to promote their name, so they have a bit of an advantage. So although a great name won't save a dreadful startup, and a terrible name probably won't stop a great startup from being successful, on the margin, names do matter. A great name reduces the friction between your company, and the marketplace. It makes it easier for people to find you, easier for people to talk about you, easier for people to trust and identify with you. Sometimes even makes it easier for people to trust you. So I don't advise spending hundreds of hours or thousands of dollars to hire a branding expert to come up with a great name, but I would advise you to spend quite a few hours to get some internal external feedback it's time well spent because it could save you a lot of very serious pain later I've, I've been through this exercise so many times okay so what constitutes a great startup name what makes one name better than another i've been asking myself that question for about 30 years and uh Though naming and branding is more art than science, I thought that I might be able to um, give you some information to help you. A researcher started with a custom list of 4,000 tech startup names and ran numbers on things like the length of the name, the starting letter, top level domains. They compared some of the fast growing startups with those at the other end of the spectrum, the slow and unsuccessful startups. Then they did some qualitative analysis. They dug through the list of startups to see which names they liked and looked for patterns. So based on this, they came up with the SMART checklist. That's S-M-A-R-T checklist. It identifies some of the key attributes of what makes for an effective startup name. The SMART checklist stands for S, smart, short. M, memorable. A, available. R, repurposable. And T, timeless. So let's take the S for simple and short first. So what makes a name simple and short? For one thing, Short names are quicker to type in, particularly on mobiles, easier to spell out to somebody over the phone or even face-to-face. They're more efficient to include in a tweet. They're simpler to come up with a logo for, and they're less likely to be abbreviated by other people. So, you know, some great names, great short names are Uber, um, Domo. Gusto, Trello, they're all good names, but your name doesn't have to be as short as those. Analysis shows that your startup name should have nine or fewer characters, so nine or fewer. So in addition to being short, the name should be clear and easy to share. A company name is a fundamental user interface for the brand. So the best UI's are simple, direct and accessible. So are the best startup names. The M in smart checklist is memorable. You want people to remember your name. The more readily your name can be recalled, the easier it is for you to expand your reach to users, customers and investors. In order for your name to be memorable, It should be unambiguous and somehow distinctive. If it sounds like every other name out there or any group of names out there, people are not going to recall it. Or if they do recall it, they could well confuse you with somebody else, which is not very cool. So how do you know if your name is memorable? Well, the reality is you don't. So that's why you need to test it. Tell people your company name in various contexts, such as on a website, in an email, in person, on the phone, and see if they can recall it a few minutes later. Then try and see if they can recall it a few days later. It's a bit of a bit of work, but believe me, it's well worth it. The good news is that if your name is not memorable, it'll show up very quickly and as disheartening as it is when you come up with a name and you think, "Shee, that's it, I've finally got it, that's great, and nobody can remember it, just doesn't test well, it's better to know now rather than years from now when you have a bunch of emotional and financial equity invested in it. Now, the A in the smart checklist is available I know this one's obvious, but a lot of startups make this mistake. By available, I mean two things. You can get the legal rights to use it, company registration, trademark, etc., and you can register it or acquire the .com domain name. I know it's, there's lots of other tricks, but you can't beat .com. Um, if you have a look at um, Y Combinator, 100% of the top 20, Y Combinator startup names, all have .com. And if you take the top 50, 94% of them do. So is still the preferred domain. The R in the smart checklist is repurposable, which, not really a word, but it says what it means, never mind whether it's a word or not. So let's say you have a brilliant name. It's short, it's memorable, and it describes directly what you do. But a year or two later, you realize that, well, we pivoted. We do something totally different now than we did then. Or maybe we've expanded the business and the old name doesn't fit anymore. Then your name's going to either feel inaccurate or it's going to be constraining or Maybe even both. You know, for example, Gusto used to be called Zen Payroll, which was a great name because it was a payroll company. But they expanded and they started to do a whole bunch of stuff except, including payroll, but beyond way beyond payroll. So the name was changed to Gusto. Which is an even better name. It's shorter, it's still memorable, and now gives a much more headroom in which to grow. So then you've got the T in the Smart Checklist, and that stands for timeless. You know, every few years there's a new trend in. In startup names, sometimes it's dropping vowels. You know, we went through that thing with Flickr. Um, Sometimes it's using popular country domains, which happen to help complete words like dot US. So why do startups do this? Often because they feel like they have to. They can't think of any other words, but I don't think it's really a very good idea. Firstly, because when something is trendy, the chances are that there are a hundred other startups that all follow that trend. This makes it much harder for you to stand out. And therefore, it's much harder for people to remember you. Also, hopefully, you know, when you start up a company, You want to grow it into a successful business in a couple of years. This usually takes, you know, a couple of years, maybe several years. Do you really want to wake up five years from now and have a startup name that you're embarrassed about? God, I wish I hadn't thought of that name. I hate that bloody name now. You don't want that. It's an expensive proposition then to change your name. You know, change all your rebranding, change your image, change, get people to remember a new name and not forget the old one. It's easy just to get it right at the start. So you need to pick a name that'll stand the test of time. So when you're trying to decide on a name, remember the smart checklist. S-M-A-R-T, short. Memorable, available, repurposable, and timeless. You won't go too far wrong, trust me. Now, if you're not a member yet of the American Institute for Sales, Marketing, and Management, you know, it's the premier organization for business in the US. And if you're really serious about improving your skill level, your status, and your network, Go ahead, join today, U S. apart from being able to put the initials AISMM after your name, or if you've if been in the business a long time like I have and you become a fellow, then you can put F A I S M M after your name. You get a great plaque for your boardroom or your foyer. There's a wealth of the latest information, complete business audits, webinars, an advisory board like no other you have ever seen on the planet. It is a great organization to join, so go to AISMM.us and join now. And my guest today, we always have a great guest, and I thought it was appropriate today to have Pam Scannell, who is Doing a fabulous job as the executive director of the Big Bear Chamber of Commerce. She's so efficient. This morning, at the presentation which um, the Big Bear Chamber put on, Pam was she was just everywhere. She did everything. She made sure all the audio visuals worked. She made sure that just everything ran like clockwork. It was a brilliant morning, and uh, she organised a tremendous event today. And. Uh, I'm going to speak to her in the next segment. So I'm Bob Pritchard. I'm on Voice America Business Channel, broadcasting to you from Big Bear Lake, which is absolutely magnificent and with a bit of snow today. And I'll be back with Pam from the Big Bear Chamber of Commerce after this short break.
0: You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the
1: show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Radio Show, where over the past four years, we've given you insights into the lives of over 250 of the world's most interesting business people, what they do, and what makes them tick. We learn a bit about different industries, but more importantly, we learn a lot about what are the characteristics that make one person successful and others not so successful. It's very difficult to create a successful business these days, and we need all the help we can get, and that's why it's important to have mentors and to take on board the advice that's provided by successful people. Today, I'm in Big Bear, which is about 100 miles out of Los Angeles. It's at 7,000 feet and is absolutely stunning. I've been here a number of times before and I love it. It's a city with around 1,400 businesses in the catchment area. And a few hours ago, I presented to the Big Bear Chamber of Commerce. It's really great to get in front of an audience that's eager to learn, who appreciates that Business and the media environment is changing rapidly, as is the customer. The days of passive business where you advertise and sit back and wait for somebody to come in or phone is over. Today, active businesses use data and data capture and uh, social media and all sorts of digital tools to become active in uh, continuously soliciting new customers. Today, there are about 40 totally free applications that you can add to your website to exponentially increase the amount of data that you obtain. It's amazing when you talk to people and you say, how many unique visitors do you get? And they say, oh, about 10,000. And you say, well, have you got details on all those 10,000 people that came to your website? Well, no. And the reality is that you can get that information and get it very easily if you know what to do. Now, the great thing about Chambers of Commerce is that they give a forum for all businesses to exchange information, to listen to speakers talking about changes to managing business, sales training, new technology, and so on. The newer companies can use the older companies as mentors. It enables members to network, to solicit new customers within the chamber and to learn from the best practices of other members. So one of the most important attributes of a successful business today is they give back to the community and Chambers of Commerce lead that charge in their cities. They do amazing work um, in their communities. So Chambers of Commerce are extremely important and I wish that more companies would get involved. Now, the Big Bear Chamber of Commerce, where I was today, was formed in 1920, almost 100 years ago, became official in 1947. Since then, they have done an inordinate amount of work with local businesses and for local charities in the area. Today's event was fabulous. Everything went off without a hitch. The members are enthusiastic, and I had a good time, which is most important to me. The credit for all of this goes to the executive director of the chamber, Pam Scannell. Pam, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Well, thank you, Bob. What a great intro. Well, I I try. I, I love it up here. <laughs> I um I know why you fell in. You know, you're a California girl. Um yeah. you moved to the UK. I haven't got the faintest idea why. And <laughs> but you were but a senior manager at John Lewis department store. Now, if you don't know about John Lewis, yeah. it's a good store. It's upmarket. It's a department store. Yes. I think there's about 50 of them, but they've got about $10 billion in revenue, so they're, they're a pretty class act. So you're obviously a very smart lady, um, <laughs> except you went to the UK. Why?
2: Uh, well, I fell in love with an Englishman. He was oh, over here on vacation, go. Um and his he came over with a friend who was related to uh, my cousin's wife, who also happened to be British. And I wasn't looking for it, but it just happened to be love at first sight. So uh, okay. we stayed engaged for two years, flew back and forth, and it got harder and harder to part. So we set the dates, and... I did it. <laughs> Good. Uh, he's a, you know, well, he's a brick mason by trade, and that's a top trade in England. And yeah. um, so it made more sense for me to go there. I didn't really have uh, a skill set as such. So I developed my skills mainly in the UK with um, customer service, retail, sales, management, um, all that sort of thing. It was very, very interesting, uh, very comprehensive. And I have kind of an analytical mind and that put me well suited to the positions I worked myself into because I was able to take all their profit and loss accounts in every area that I entered and flip them around because I, I analyzed what I could control and what I couldn't. And I think that's important in any business today you have to. absolutely yeah you have to streamline what you do and you have to analyze all of your costs and you've got to trim it where you can you've got to you've got to go lean you can't always hope that every single year you're going to keep cutting costs there's a point where there's no more cost to cut you're at bottom level but you at least need to go through the motion so yeah, it served me well, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I just rose through the ranks of the department store and was invited to London to uh, train other managers in my methods so that they could adopt the same practices in their stores, and um, that was pretty exciting. That was quite an honor.
1: Okay, he came back to California, so one of two things happened. Either the husband decided to come back here and be a brick mason, or the whole thing fell apart. <laughs> it
2: actually, it didn't fall apart at all. Um, oh, good. We, we we had a real long conversation one night, and we were never able to have children of our own. But I have three sisters and a brother in Southern California that had families. I said, hmm. so, you know, we're kind of missing it. And I've done 23 years in England, so maybe it's your turn. He said, you know, I think you're right.
1: Okay, well, so, that's great. Yeah. So the the chamber benefited. The chamber did benefit, yeah. (laughs) So you you went, you, you went to Big Bear for the weather, right? It reminded you of London. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Cold>.
2: <laughs> well, yes, because initially when we came back to California, um, we were in Los Angeles, almost Los Angeles proper, you might call it, yep. and there was a lot of concrete, and having lived in a nice little village in England with all the greenery yeah. and our own greenhouse and garden and everything else, we did miss that, and we came, we decided to take a vacation, and somebody said, oh, go to Big Bear, you'll love it, so we came up to Big Bear, and we totally fell in love with the beauty, uh, the greenery, um, and the people were so warm and welcoming. And so my husband said, well, why couldn't we live here? And yeah. I just looked at him and said, well, why couldn't we?
1: Yeah. Let's make it work. It's a beautiful, it really is an absolutely beautiful place. Now, yes, it is. The um, The great thing about Chambers of Commerce is they, they do give a forum for local businesses to exchange information, to listen to speakers, to sales training and new technology and so on. Um mm-hmm. What um, what is the most the major reason that people join chambers of commerce?
2: I, uh, well, I believe there are, you know, in talking to our members, uh, there are two main reasons. Number one, they don't necessarily want to set up a website of their own and being a member of the chamber gives them a presence on our website. And we have a very comprehensive, uh, website where they have a Google map uh, which is is very valuable. That's the only way people with phones can find you is if you have a Google presence. Sure. And then uh, we give them all their social media links can be put on that page. They can have a comprehensive description of their business, a list of their products and services. People can email them directly from our site, and they can put up a logo, a photo, and a YouTube video. So there's a lot that they get just on that. So the web presence is very important. Um, they can issue coupons and all that sort of thing. Sure. And then and the networking is very valuable and we do networking on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month um, except when it comes into the heavy winter season so we kind of go dark a little bit in sort of January, February, March because it's it's so cold Six and snowy. Snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People yeah. don't really want to put on the snowshoes to trek around and network but we do provide other avenues uh, like guest speakers where they could come out and, and, and do that but our networking is really great because you never know who someone else knows and we allow that connection and we foster it we have ambassadors that are um, what we call our networking mixers and they will take someone who's quite new or or not, and just try to help connect them, like who, what kind of businesses do you want to meet? So they'll ask them a few questions, and then we try to hook them up and get their conversations going with other people. And once that conversation starts working, we step away and let them get on with it. But if we find them floundering again, we go pick them up and we say, okay, let's see who we can get you together with now, because this would be really beneficial. So we advocate that a lot. You don't know who somebody else knows.
1: Networking is critical to any business now, the, and the more people you yeah. meet, and the you know, and a lot of people um, are shy about meeting um, people in a strange environment. One of the great things about yeah. um, about Chambers of Commerce is you're you're in a friendly environment, and after you've been to two or three mixes, you start to meet everybody. It's much easier to talk yeah. to them, and it's it's much easier to, to build your business.
2: We've actually found that some of our most successful ambassadors are the shyest people um, because they can utilize the program, and it gives them an excuse to approach someone right. and start a conversation. So instead of saying, oh, hi, I'm, I'm Debbie, and um, um, this is what I do, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, it, it opens the conversation a lot easier. Hi, I'm an ambassador with the Chamber of Commerce. What do you do? Yeah, And then you can learn about somebody a lot more easily. It gives people confidence. And so the Ambassador Program has been a great tool um, for some of our start beginning businesses and newer members uh, to get to know or become more familiar uh, with talking in public or speaking to people and asking the right questions. Because you need to find out what someone else does before you start telling them what you do.
1: Yeah. It's very it, – it. But people are deceptive, aren't they? Because I um, I can get up in front of ten thousand people and give a presentation, and it doesn't worry mm-hmm. me one scrap. Put me in a room yeah. with ten people, and I tend to be with the same person I met when I walked in two hours later. I am a yes, because it's very personal, isn't it? Yeah, I I'm, I find it yes. very difficult until I get to know them, and I think that's a that's yeah. a big advantage of a chamber of commerce, um is managing um, a group like a Chamber of Commerce with a a number of very diverse businesses, um, is that a bit like herding cats? (laughs) <laughs> I guess you could. Yes, that's a great analogy,
2: really, because everybody is so different. People have different sizes of businesses. You have owners that work within their business and they're not working on their business. Yeah. So there's a lot of different angles we have to come at in order to engage our members and uh, keep them involved and keep them interested and get them to feel that they're getting a return on their investment. And probably one of the biggest returns that a chamber does uh, for a member's investment is our advocacy to government. We have um, a government affairs and a regional traffic advisory committee that meets every single month with lots of different entities. And the government representatives that actually come to the table are from, um, you know, we have Senator... um, Mike Morrell, Congressman Paul Cook. We've got our county supervisor, James Ramos, our city manager, Jeff Matthew, our head of public works, Dave Lawrence. We have Caltrans. who manages all the roads because they're very important in a mountain community like ours for ingress and egress. And we get all these people talking around the table. And we get them to coordinate what they're doing. For instance, at the moment, there's a major project on uh, our main boulevard that runs through the valley, Big Bear Boulevard. And it was through this meeting um, of the chamber's committee that the utilities realized that they were all planning projects up and down Big Bear Boulevard over the course of the next four to five years. And they're now all coordinated, and it's now going to be done by 2017. Right. So we're going to have gas, electric, water, uh, cable, and phone lines all laying down. And now Caltrans, who was planning on resurfacing the road uh, mm-hmm. next year, isn't going to do that. You know, yes. they're holding back now because they, they realize all these people want to tear up the road. So yeah. we've got them all in line, one after the other, and the whole project should now complete within two years instead of five. So that's fantastic.
1: That is fantastic. Just... um. It is amazing how many times you see new road being put down, and within a week, somebody's digging a big chunk out of it.
2: <laughs> exactly, and I think a Chamber of Commerce is um, responsible for pulling those entities together and getting them all talking around the table because they exist in every city. Yeah. So why not just pull them together and say, okay, what do you got planned? What are you going to do? When are you going to do your upgrades? And what else is going on? So it's fantastic collaboration. It, it really is. It's been very, very effective. I mean, in our mountain communities, we have one boulevard that stretches the whole length of the lake yes. on one side and then one on the other side. There's roads that come off of it for sure, but that's the two main thoroughfares. So we got the road coming off the front of the mountain up to the dam and the bridge, and that goes straight down into San Bernardino and is an easy, fast access with a lot of windy curves and oh, a lot a lot of rocks of can fall. Yeah. yeah, a lot of rocks can fall. So at the moment, you know, they were they were doing a complete shutdown for um, several weeks just to pick rocks, repave, uh, replace guardrails. They kind of brought five different entities in together to do it all at once instead of them uh, doing the guardrails and shutting the road. Okay, now they got to pick the rocks, so they're going to shut
1: the road. Now they're going to do this, and they're going to shut the road. Yeah. They just did it all at the same time. Great. What's the – What's the most challenging part of running a Chamber of Commerce?
2: I think, you know, I, it's the main reason we are a Chamber of Commerce is to support businesses and help strengthen the economy. And we need to drive the message home to the entire community that the single most effective thing that any city can do for its own area is to shop locally. If yes. they keep their dollars local, that that circulates through the economy. So it's our responsibility to get out messages to the community, to the businesses, try to raise the bar for the businesses, try to attract businesses, um, you know, try to attract people to relocate because who wouldn't want to live in Big Bear? I mean, sure. if you're just sat in front of a comp- – if you're living in the virtual world and that's where your work is, why not do it living in a beautiful place? I mean, for Southern California, our house prices are super low. Yeah. So it's it's great. Yeah. So chamber of commerce has has many many roles and responsibilities, but the main one is to support the needs of the businesses. So we need to find out what our businesses want, and we need to meet those needs.
1: I'm always surprised that every company doesn't belong to a chamber of commerce. What's the major resistance from people um, to joining the local chamber? Some
2: people say it's cost, but you know. That's rubbish. Your your membership, <laughs> yes, your membership is, is basically tax deductible as a promotional expense. So yeah. you need to talk to your tax advisor because normally you can just write that off. Yep. So that that's a bit of hooey. So really it's that they don't understand what a chamber does, and it's hard for a chamber to get its message across. Um, some chambers of commerce suffer from, you know, oh, it's the old boys club or, you know, it's um, – some set people in set positions, they don't have enough uh, fluidity or movement or they don't progress or they're not progressive, you know, yeah. that could be a challenge too. So we've tried to face all of these things and we've really been working on our own reputation um, within the community by showing that, look, we can offer business resources. We've put an education portal on our website. Um, we're advocating for government and this is what we've achieved. It's like tooting your own horn. If you don't, yeah. If you don't tell anybody what you do, they're not going to know what you do. It's like, well, what does your chamber do? Well, I don't know. That's a business thing, isn't it? People often don't understand what a chamber does. So it's very important for chambers to toot their own horn. But the resistance comes in. We've heard people say money. We've heard people say, well, I don't don't have time to network, so it's not going to serve me. It's like, well… You need to talk to your colleagues to find out best practices, you know, what are you thinking of doing, maybe somebody's done it already, you know, you can, you get mentors, I mean, with our membership, you know, 468 members, you've got that many mentors available to you, that can tell you, oh, I tried that, or I did this, or this is what happened, or you don't want to talk to them, you want to talk to them, so... Wow, Yeah, I just think it's the most fantastic thing ever. Well, obviously, I'm enthusiastic I'm here. Yeah, that's
1: right. But,
2: <laughs> but yeah, talk- there, there are different resistances uh, that, that come up. So uh, I think it's, everybody should be a part of the chamber. You just get to know so much and so many people, and especially in the Big Bear community. Gosh, it's so warm, friendly, helpful. I love it. I totally love it.
1: Yeah, I, um, we talk on this program a lot Uh, about the need for mentors every person Mm. every business person not Mm. uh, should have a series of mentors because it's amazing Um, I've got mentors now that I've had for I've been in America 27 years I've had mentors for 20 Mm. years that I meet regularly and uh, if I've got a you know if I've got a problem one of one of the people that um, that we sort of mentor each other one of them has been through that mill at some time or another and has the solution or tells you what not to do. Um, yeah. So it's having mentors and the a Chamber of Commerce is actually a perfect place to find good mentors. Um, what? So the, the follow-up question I guess is, what's the most rewarding part of um, your job?
2: The most rewarding part is when, when somebody gives us feedback that says that something we did affected their business so positively, it really made a difference between, you know, a profit or a loss. Right. So, um, if we, um, made an introduction that was so invaluable and that's what we always try to do too. We search out what, we analyze what we think people will need and we try to provide that and then we follow up and find out if that link was useful to them, if that introduction was useful or if the information served them. So there's like, yeah, keep it coming. You know, we want that, we love that. So we need to engage with our members as well to find out if what we're doing is serving them. And and yeah, the reward is finding out that it was a great thing. We set up a weekly business update email uh, that we send to people. And I know that, you know, emails can be cast aside a lot. People will read the first couple of lines and then it's nothing or they'll save it in a, in a folder somewhere. And then they never find the time to yeah. or make the time to go back yeah. and read it. Uh, but we do put out these weekly updates for our businesses, which gives them information on um, the events that are happening. Uh, maybe a highlight uh, course of the week on our education portal Um so a copy of calendar, oh, uh, information from CHP, um, what events are happening for the weekend. It's all stuff that they can share uh, with visitors, too, and their staff so that they know, gosh, this is probably going to be a busy week. There's a lot of events going on. I better put another person on this weekend. Yeah. So they find all that kind of information very, very helpful, and they've asked us to really keep it up. So we're we're definitely going to be doing that.
1: Uh- I've actually found that people who join Chambers are um, usually those that are the most motivated, um, mm-hmm. those are the most ambitious, those who want to learn more about how mm-hmm. to do business. Um, you know, when 97% of companies fail, you'd, you'd think that um, the, the, the people that do join are enthusiastic mm-hmm. and I think they would read your regular emails. Um, yeah. We send out emails to 16,000 executives um, about every three weeks or something and you find that the same people and usually successful people read them all the time Mm -hmm. the people who don't read them are the people who are struggling yeah it's pretty weird, isn't it?
2: and it's always people. I always hear the excuse, "I don't have the time," and yeah. when I hear that excuse, I know a business is going to fail because you can make the time. These are very important pieces of information that your business needs to know, and if you're not going to make the time, your business is probably going to fail. So you can almost hear it coming. Yeah, you know, yeah. on on some of these businesses, and it's very, very sad. It's 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 a little hard, and so we just press a little bit more and just see if we can't just get somebody engaged um so that it can just save what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, I think the reward is is the chamber is strong. We're recruiting on average, at the moment, probably about eight new members a month, uh, between six and eight, and that's a that's a very healthy growth. Um, mind you, I have a very fabulous uh, sales exec- ex- sorry, a sales executive working for me named Stephanie Foss. Yeah, I know. And sorry about that. And she's excellent. She's very engaging, very friendly, and she can really you know talk to people on a level. that 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 they're gonna understand. So um, I'm lucky there, and
1: uh, we're feeling very healthy in recruitment at the moment. The people who attend um, regularly, what what level of Mm -hmm. management are they? Um, I mean, are they um, um, entrepreneurs? Are they people who run their own businesses? Are they people one level down from the people who run the businesses?
2: It's a combination of business owners or um, managers who are like the main focus of the business in this location. So sure. uh, there are very uh, a number of businesses where the owner does not reside within the Big Bear Valley, so their manager will come and attend, um, and, we, and we get some of that. But mostly it's
1: business owners, which is pretty cool, pretty awesome. So I guess that one of the most difficult parts of staging events and presentations, say like mine today, was that... You really need to have, a, the, the local business really needs to have a couple of hours to make it worthwhile. And a lot of people seem to, don't want to take that much time away from their office or their store. It seems to me that's incredibly short-sighted. But um, is that is that a difficulty with you? The, well, if, if it's not too day? bad
2: with us the time of day, as long as we do something in a morning like eight o'clock, a lot of retail or restaurants don't open till ten or eleven yeah. because it's a visitor driven economy up here. Yes. Um But then on the same note, they might be, they might be in their store until like 5.30. And then of course, if, if we schedule an event, like our networking mixers are normally at 5 o'clock and we find most people come in between 5 and 5.30. Uh, but a lot of them are not retail store operators. The retail store operators will come in after 5.30 because they've had to close their door, then work out their cash before they can leave. So the timing of the event is is kind of important for us, a morning event um, such as the one we've done uh, for your speech is uh, fits in quite well with an eight o'clock start, a bit of food there, you know, continental breakfast. It just sort of, they can just grab it. They don't have to worry about having stuff stuck in their teeth yeah. <laughs> and then they can network <laughs> for a while and then sit down and listen to a great speaker um, with all the Q and a after and, and just gain a lot of information and feel good. So you know if you let them eat and network a little bit first i think they
1: find value in it so uh, studies have shown that you know the major reason that businesses fail it's not lack of money um or good product most companies have good product and uh but it's their inability to manage a business that the reason most companies fail so
2: yeah and a lack of research sometimes is to you know are they actually filling a niche
1: yeah yeah, uh, well,
2: I mean, we had it happen just a few a uh, few months ago. Uh, I guess everybody found that there was there was a a niche to be filled in regards to pet stores, right. and uh, in the space of about three weeks, three of them opened. Yeah, and, so they knew that there was a gap, but they didn't know that anybody else was trying to fill the exact same gap. So yeah, that was
1: and, a bit unfortunate. Well, the other thing with with businesses, it's not a it's not necessarily about. Um, having a different product because so many people sell the same product it's about how you differentiate your business and whether you differentiate it yeah. with um with great customer service or whether you um uh differentiate it in in, in some totally different way um, yeah exactly you know as long as but most people don't bother differentiating their um their their what they're offering and the other thing is that it's amazing how th- three companies will all open up in the same town or city all selling mm. stationery, for example and two years yeah. later one guy will have three stores and the other two have gone broke um, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's just a matter of what you know about business and how you differentiate yourself and I think that's where Um, meeting with other people in chambers has got to be a great advantage to you
2: oh definitely absolutely i mean i there's several mantras that i live with i mean um i i've done it all my life you learn something new every day yep um where there is a will there is a way Yes. and ever forward so those are the three mantras i live by and I think if you really want something to succeed, you will learn stuff. You'll go out and find out stuff. Now, a chamber of commerce, we're your stuff. We're the ones that can help you connect to the people that know the answers to your questions. And we need to be utilized by businesses. We are just an important linchpin in the community.
1: The, the um, What does it cost for a local business to be a chamber member?
2: Well, we have different levels of membership. A basic membership is $299 a year. Right. I mean, so you're talking less than $30 a month, and you're going to be a member of the Big Bear Chamber of Commerce. And with that, you get all the benefits, and we have different rates for nonprofits. We have a different rate for our booster members or our second homeowners that want to just be involved and be kept informed. Right. Uh, the larger businesses, we ask for a larger contribution because they are pulling more dollars out of the community um, and therefore could afford to give back sure. a little bit more. So sure. we, we do set levels pretty much by employee hours, so, so five, zero to five employees, you know, nine to 10 employees, that sort of thing. So zero
1: to five is 299. Is about two ninety nine. Yeah, that's not even a cup of coffee a week, and it could be. It, <laughs> I know, <laughs> and it could mean the difference between your business succeeding or failing. I mean, just yeah,
2: because where where do where do you think people look? To, to try to find out a successful business. I mean, it's a digital world now. People yes. aren't aren't cracking open books and things to look for listings. They're normally looking on their phone or they're looking on the Internet. Oh, I want this and I want it in Big Bear. What's going to pop up? The Big Bear Chamber of Commerce. And they're going to go to the Big Bear Chamber of Commerce because they're going to feel that they're probably more of a trustworthy business if
1: they're accountable enough to be a member of the Chamber of Commerce. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, I think, I think um, Chambers of Commerce do a fantastic job and certainly um, you guys are so efficient and such a great event today. And thank you very much for speaking to me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Pam. I really appreciate it. Now, you can learn more about Big Bear Chamber of Commerce by going to bigbearchamber.com. That's bigbearchamber.com. Ask to speak to Pam. She's a good little person to chat to. So, And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Network right after this short break.
0: Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel, the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. Today, we are broadcasting from Big Bear Lake which is absolutely magnificent. We had our first snow today and it is beautiful and definitely a place that you should put on your to-do list. It's well worth the trip. We're only, I guess it's 100 miles out of LA and uh, gorgeous. Now, there's a virtual reality app that's brand new that's causing a bit of controversy it's called 846 and it lets you experience the events of 9-11 from the perspective of one of the office workers in the north tower of the world trade center now 846 is the exact time the first plane american airlines flight 11 crashed into the north tower between floors 93 and 99 the creators of this app say it took three months to make Using six people in collaboration with two actors for voice and motion capture to develop the application. So, if you want a preview of what 846 is like, you can watch a brief two minute introduction to the app at Tech Insider. Naturally, I guess the um, app has a pretty bleak ending. So um, as in real life, you can witness the first crash as you're on the south side of the North Tower and the plane hits the north side. Then you can witness the second crash on the South Tower later. So it, um, all, of us, all of us should watch it at least once so that we never forget. Now, During a week, I received an email from Doug Latchman from a company called Opspace. O-P-S-B-A-S-E, and uh, I did a bit of homework and found that Opspace LinePad, it's a subscription-based service that improves the customer experience and cost of using transport and logistics services, so it um, it adds process accountability, visibility, and value to the generated data while reducing costs both direct and indirect, well... Obviously, the best market for Opspace is lazy and cost-focused management, people who want somebody else to do all the work or who are busy and have got other things to do with their time. But Doug Latchman says in his email to me, over many years, the level of apathy and complacency by decision makers and business people has to a large extent amazed me. This has accumulated to a point where I have become very limited in my willingness to play the game, as it does my head in. Not bad people as a rule, just people with an attitude problem. My reaction to this attitude, and having no desire to put up with this crap, is in turn my problem as well as an opportunity if it was turned around. We need education, turnarounds, system updates, business processes improvement, and much more. Opspace Linepad line pad, came from a desire to make things better in process and bottom line, cause and effect which leads to happy customers through an attitude change which leads to learning and earning experiences. Bob, you must often seek relevant topics for your radio show. Done well, this could inspire many of your listeners with substance. Um, Doug, thanks for sending your email. It seems to me you've identified a great opportunity in the transport logistics business. I think you've really hit the nail on the head. This is a massive business, and as we all know, nearly every single thing we buy is transported at some stage of its life, often by multiple types of carriers, and it represents a significant cost. So I guess what you're describing is aggregating the data and providing a seamless, easy-to-access real-time data, which benefits every step in the chain and certainly benefits the party that's waiting for the goods. Um, I don't know that much about um, the logistics chain, but I don't know that it's apathy and complacency. It might be of course, but I think a lot of it's got to do with priorities. You know, there's a hell of a lot of things to do and you prioritize and, you know, they they look for somebody smart that comes up with a brilliant app like you apparently have um, to solve that problem for them and that's something less they have to worry about. So I think... um, you know, if I were you, I'd be focused on providing your solution to everybody you can provide it to and not worrying about the incompetency of, incompetency of others because, boy, that's got to really work for you. You know, I, I think um, most of us that are successful in business thrive on incompetency and it's, it's frustrating. You know, it's like when you go somewhere in the services poor. that's frustrating. But um, if you've got a solution to it, I wouldn't worry about it. But thanks, Doug, for the email. I really appreciate it. It's good to hear from you. Um, Facebook's launching a new initiative, which I think is fantastic, called 2G Tuesdays. And it gives all employees an opportunity to see what using apps with an incredibly slow connection feels like and help close that empathy gap um, that Silicon Valley has with emerging markets. So... Every Tuesday, they they've got a staff can select to slow down their um, their networks and experience the same sort of speed that uh, you get if you're in a third world country or in many other countries. So you don't get quite so impatient with um, why can't you do this? So you know, with 2G, some um, like a website can take two or three minutes to load and unless you've experienced it you're really not used to it so and that explains why Facebook's emerging market engineers have spent so much time reworking Facebook's news feed to optimize um, it for super slow network speeds So, so they actually take visits to places like India and Kenya to get a better understanding of how people there use the product. I think that's a great initiative. So make sure that you subscribe to my monthly newsletter and the radio show summary sent out to 16,000 business executives in over 60 countries every month. And you can sub- subscribe, lots of valuable information in it. And you can subscribe simply by going to Bob at Bob, or Just simply by going to BobPritchard.com. So go onto the website, BobPritchard.com, and there it is. Um, if you're not yet a member of the American Institute for Sales, Marketing and Management, of which I am the honorary president of um, not only the American Institute, but the Australian Institute, the Indian Institute, the African Institute, the Asian Institute. Um, Make sure you join. Improve your skill level, improve your status, improve your network. Join today, go to AISMM.us. And I wanna say again, thank you to everybody who attended my presentation this morning. It was great. They were a fantastic crowd. The reception was terrific. And uh, I want to thank Pam and all the people at um, Big Bear Chamber of Commerce for organising such a fantastic event. Uh, I also want to rethink um, Julie Hastings and Bobby, who was our waiter at Peppercorn, for truly the best overall experience I've had in a restaurant nearly all my life, um, to... Um, Ryan Vasquez and the team at, at the Big Bear Frontier Cabins and Hotel, thank you very much. And thank you for giving me snow on the first, your first um, sprinkle of snow today. That was a nice welcome. In the meanwhile, remember, if you're not really pushing the envelope, if you're not really living right on the edge then you're taking up far too much space. Get out of the way. Let somebody else charge through. It's much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. This is Bob Pritchard, and I look forward to your company again next week back in Los Angeles.